Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Eckelbarger. Once again, we get to laugh along with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 444, yes, 444, which originally aired on February 7th, 1950. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Fred Allen. Lever Brothers, makers of Lux Toilet Soap, the screen star's own beauty soap, spry and other fine products, bring you the Bob Hope Show. <laughs> Yes, it's the Bob Hope Show with Doris Day, Jack Kirkwood, yours truly, High Aberback, Les Brown and his band of renown, our special guest, Fred Allen. And here he is, star of screen, radio, and greyhound bus, Bob Hope! Thank you very much. Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob, just back from touring the East Hope, telling you that I just flew in, and I don't know how many miles I've flown, because when people ask me why I keep going and going, I said, why should I stay home? Look what happened to Mickey Cohen. (laughs) I was a little uh, disappointed with the trip back. I wanted to fly United, but the hostess had other ideas. Nothing tops traveling by plane, though. Just think I can do a radio show in New York and only eight hours later I can be hiding under the pier in Santa Monica. (laughs) But they treat me royally on the airlines. They always let me get off the plane first then they put the ladder up for the other passengers. (laughs) The plane I was on had two decks. I lost $17 on the trip. But what a reception I got here in Los Angeles But I can't understand the newspaper spelling my name wrong All the headlines said Roberto arrived (laughs) But I love Los Angeles What other town has a mayor who'll run into a pole Just so I won't feel too bad? Jack Benny was back east, too Jack Benny I saw Jack in New York He was swimming under a toll bridge (laughs) We both almost drowned When our heads bumped (laughs) And I attended The radio correspondent's banquet In Washington They didn't have menus After each dish Drew Pearson stood up And predicted the next course (laughs) But I wasn't worried About putting in my act in Washington They're not allowed to hiss there anymore You know, uh The president sent his plane to fly me down from New York to Washington The presidential plane is really something It's got a door marked ladies, a door marked gentlemen And a Bombay marked Republicans <laughs> But I had a big time in Washington I got a wonderful reception at Blair House At the door where I was received The man bowed so low his chef's cap fell off <laughs> I... I had a couple of words with the president about taxes He had two for me, pay them You know, payday used to be the day the eagles scream, but with the taxes now, it's the cry of the wild goose. (laughs) The cry of the wild goose is just a fluke, you know. Crosby was cutting a record a deck, and he backed into the needle. (laughs) And I had a 
lot of fun with Arthur Godfrey back there. Godfrey's very popular. He gets 5,000 letters a week, one from each sponsor. <laughs> Man bouts the lowest chef's cap fell off. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd try that again. I was wrong. <laughs> President Truman was limping when he met me at the door of the Blair House. He keeps forgetting it's the White House that has the balcony. About the lowest chef's cap fell off Anyway <laughs> But I want to tell you Blair House was really lots of fun A member of the State Department Took my coat An Army general showed me around And when I took a bath A Navy admiral got in the tub with me To help me with my sailboat <laughs> It was great until he got it stuck On the mud bank <laughs> Much fun shopping today, High. Guess what I bought? What? A whole stack of Valentines. Well, most girls like them sentimental, don't they? Mm, the more sentimental, the better. I've been saving my Valentine since I was a kid. Now, you must have some collection, Doris. A lovely screen star with a lovely luxe complexion. Well, thank you, kind sir. Seriously, High, it shouldn't be hard for girls to collect Valentines these days. American girls are mighty attractive. Yeah, they have the knack of looking so trim and fresh. Yes, and there's nothing more appealing than that fresh, well-groomed look. And it's easy to have. A screen star ought to know. Well, Lux Soap Care is a wonderful help. Not only for complexion beauty, but for all over Lux loveliness, too. There's nothing like a Lux Soap beauty bath to freshen you up at the end of the day. A real beauty soap. But then you can't buy a more luxurious soap than Lux Toilet Soap in the new big bath size. The lather's so rich and creamy, and I love the delicate perfume it leaves on my skin. A Lux Soap bath makes you sure of daintiness, and every girl knows that's the most important charm of all. Right you are, Doris. The new bath size Lux Toilet Soap is now available everywhere. Next time you shop, why not get this fragrant, satin-smooth bath cake? Remember, nine out of ten screen stars use Lux Toilet Soap. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, Bob just got back from Washington, D.C., now, let's go back to 3 o'clock this afternoon. His plane arrived, and Doris Day was there to meet him. Oh, gee, Bob, I thought you'd never get here. Why did you arrive so late? Well, Doris, the plane doesn't come into Los Angeles in the usual manner. Oh, it doesn't? No, they wait till you land on the smog, and then they push the airport under you. <laughs> Pretty good. I guess flying agrees with you. It doesn't, isn't it? Great. The American Airlines gave me my fare half price. Yes, I know. Now why don't you go someplace and take off that hostess uniform? <laughs> That's so. You're just jealous because my legs have dimples. In fact, one of my knees is going steady with Cary Grant's chin. Yeah, I almost forgot, Doris I brought you a present A present? Yeah, and it's from New York You always said you wanted something From the first center of the world So here it is Oh, gee, thanks, Bob It's what I've always wanted A mink fly swatter <laughs> Yes, they're wonderful This way you don't kill the flies You massage them to death <laughs> By the way, Doris I've been gone two weeks Did you do what I told you to While I was gone? Oh, yes, Bob I brought them with me Here they are Oh, thanks, Doris I certainly owe a lot to you You can say that again who else would put white powder in her hair and swear up and down she was your mother just to collect two unemployment checks? Well, I'm grateful. And you could at least show your appreciation. Oh, excuse me. 
<laughs> That's enough for the checks. Now kiss me. <laughs> well, I'd better be getting on home. I'll walk over and get a cab. Taxi, mister? Yes. Well, Fred Allen, look at... Fred, what are you doing driving a taxi? I'll tell you later, Bob. Get in. <laughs> but Fred... Please, please, Bob. Don't talk to me now. I'm at the wheel. I'm afraid of these California drivers. Back east, they use the white line in the middle of the street to separate the traffic. Well? Out here, they think it's a bad minton cord. <laughs> This morning, I saw two Cadillacs using a pedestrian for a shuttlecock. But you haven't told me yet. Why should Fred Allen be driving a taxi? Bob, I'm out of a job. I've got to do something. I can't make a living just from the washing I take in. You mean things are so bad you have to take in washing? Oh, I just rinse out a few things when Rochester's too busy, you know. <laughs> Fred, you mean? Yes, I mean. That's, this is no flag on the meter. I'm drying Benny's shorts on. <laughs> Fred, I had no idea things were so rough. Why didn't you ask me for a loan? You could have even asked Benny for a loan. Ask Benny for money? <laughs> Bob, he doesn't even throw any crumbs away. Why, the birds around Benny's house are so weak, the worms keep pulling them into the ground. You mean Benny wouldn't even give someone a little food? Oh, not Mr. Benny. The mice in his house would starve to death, but they're getting care packages from the cat. <laughs> but Fred, you should be able to get back in radio. Benny still has a program. Oh, really? I wouldn't know, but I haven't listened for years. The last time I heard the Benny program, Don Wilson had just graduated from laughing school. <laughs> Magna cum titter, I think it. Bob don't, uh, Bob, don't tell me you still believe in radio. Radio's finished. It's a dead thing. Radio is on the skids, old boy. Is it in bad shape? Oh, bad shape. Why, there's so little money in it now, our gal Sunday only shows up every other Thursday. <laughs> And smiling Ed McConnell has stopped smiling. Worried? No, he had to pawn his teeth. <laughs> it's terrible, Bob, why Dr. Christian can't even afford an operating room anymore. Yesterday, he took out Ma Perkins' appendix on the Chicago round table. <laughs> I know it. Yesterday, they canceled Ladies Be Seated so fast, they caught everybody in a crouching position. <laughs> But even if radio is on the downgrade, I've still got an important show, Fred. Oh, don't kid yourself, Roberto. You're a... <laughs> Your program... I wish I could take a bow for that. Don't... <laughs> don't, uh... You say your, yours is an important show. That's, what I, that's what I said oh, before I'm... you... Get a hook in there your, uh, your program is just a fill-in Between frost warnings, Bob <laughs> It really is today, Bob You can blame the whole thing on television Television, now there's a big nothing I know 
I know I can't get a job either. <laughs> well, how can they put that stuff on the screen and call it a picture, Bob? Yeah, the people all look like they're peeking out of the porthole of a submarine. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that, but they look like they're sick and can't get the porthole open. <laughs> The thing I can't stand on... <laughs> the thing I can't stand on television is the commercials. Yeah, how about those? I didn't mind hearing all about Texaco gasoline. Now I have to watch Milton Berle take a bath in it. <laughs> well, he, he has to use gasoline. Ordinary water can't make the grade. <laughs> you know, Fred, I'm not going to have anything to do with television. Ah, me either. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't take a show if they offered me a fortune. I can always go back to the stage, you and know. And I've got my pictures. And if pictures don't work out, you can always go back to the job you had before movies. Why? Sh no, I don't think so. No? <laughs> I hear they've got machinery for that now. You, you mean? Yes, I was a grape crusher in Fresno. <laughs> To this day, I look like I'm wearing yellow socks. Don't you mean purple? No, I was in the sauterne department. <laughs> I had what they call educated toes. I was the only one who could crush the grapes and peel them at the same time. Real talented in that field. Right? Well, stop here, Fred. This is my house. All right, I'll put the brakes on. If you don't... Well, so long, Bob. I'm glad you're going to stay out of television. Yeah, and I'm glad you feel that way too, Fred. It's not for us. Anyway, why am I worried? My radio show is still going great. And in fact, I think it's one of the best in the air. Have you heard it, Fred? Yes, I, I have heard it, Bob. Well, what do you think of it? Bob, would you like to form a team with me? In radio? No, in Fresno. Four feet can crush faster than two. <laughs> Here's a beauty tip for women everywhere. Would you like your skin to be softer, smoother? Then try the fine white soap lovely Hollywood stars use for million-dollar complexions. You'll be delighted with the gentle, protecting care Lux Toilet Soap gives your skin. This is the way charming Jean Tierney takes a Lux Soap facial. I smooth the rich, creamy lather in well. Rinse, then pat with a soft towel to dry. It gives my skin new loveliness so quickly, Jean Tierney tells you. Yes, actually, three out of four complexions become softer, smoother in recent tests by skin specialists. Begin your Luxo Beauty facials tomorrow. Remember, nine out of ten screen stars use Lux Toilet Soap. Here's a nice little novelty tune in the fashion of the Duke University boy, Les Brown, his band, and sung by yours truly and Miss Doris Day, ladies and gentlemen. I wanna go home with you. I wanna go home with you. I want you to meet my family. I'm sure that they'll approve of me. I wanna go home with you. And nobody else will do. Kissing goodnight at your front door Makes you love me more and more I want to go home with you 
wanna go home. You wanna go home with you. With me. I wanna go home. You wanna go home with you. I want you to meet my family. And I sure hope that they'll approve of me. I wanna go home. You wanna go home with you. With me. And nobody else. And nobody else will do. Kissing goodnight at your front door Makes me love you more and more I wanna go home with you And not your sister I wanna, wanna go, go home with you Ladies and gentlemen, a little while ago, we heard Fred Allen and Bob Hope tell each other that they weren't interested in getting into television. Were they being honest with each other? Did they mean what they said? Of course they did. That's why we now find Fred Allen approaching the office of an advertising agency in the hope of getting into television. Now, let me see. They said the office was at the end of this hall. Oh, here it is. The TV Kirkwood Agency. Television shows featuring puppets, trained dogs, trained seals, dancing horses, talking birds. Human beings use rear entrance. <laughs> well, here it goes. I'll see what... I beg your pardon, sir. Have I the honor of addressing Mr. T.V. Kirkwood? That's right, boy. <laughs> Who are you? Why, don't you remember me? I used to be on the radio Sunday nights. The Fred Allen Show, Allen's Alley. Remember? Oh, of course. Sit down, Mrs. Nussbaum. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not Mrs. Nussbaum. I'm Fred Allen. Oh, why, I should have known. Yeah. Fred Allen. Boy, I used to listen to your program every week. Yeah? And laugh. Yeah? I never did. Uh <laughs> have a chair, Mr. Allen. Can I pour you a drink? Well, isn't it a little early in the day for imbibing? Well, as a rule, I don't drink here in the office. You, uh, you don't, eh? No, I'm usually loaded before I leave the house in the morning. <laughs> I, uh, I suspected that. Your breath is making me an honorary member of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> well, just what can I do for you, Alan? Well, sir, I have put my affairs in order, said goodbye to my family... And I am now ready to go into television. <laughs> oh, you are. Yes, eh? I am, sir. Now, tell me the truth, Alan. Do you have any talent? Frankly, I do have a little. But I realize that I will have to get rid of it, sir. <laughs> have you uh, had much commercial experience? Oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. I've been on the air for Salapatica and the Ford Motor Company. Mm, is that so? Yes. When people listened to me, they didn't know whether to get sick to their stomachs or throw themselves under a car. <laughs> well, TV, what do you say? Is there any way I can contribute to the delinquency of this new medium? I like your spirit, I Alan. thought you yes, would. Yes, I, I, I <laughs> You may be just the man we're looking for to build into a television star. Yes, sir. Maybe we could talk business. Yes, sir. Yes? Bob Hope is here to see you. Bob Hope? Oh, well, if he's interested in a television show, we may not be able to get together, Now, Alan. wait a minute. Wait, you wouldn't hire Bob Hope, would you? Not that roadmap with a nose. <laughs> what do you mean, Alan? Well, Mr. Kirkwood, honestly, he's not reliable. No. You never know when he's going to take off. 
Why, when Hope was a baby and the doctor picked him up to slap him, he turned around and said, Make it snappy, Doc. I've got to do a benefit in ten minutes. <laughs> really? Oh, if Bob Hope wasn't born, his agent booked him into a maternity ward. <laughs> doctor, sure. I heard that, Alan. What makes you think you could do a television show? Well, I don't see why not. There's room in the industry. They're always looking for a new face. And you should be, too. (laughs) Portland warned me I might run into something like this out here in the Indian country. (laughs) Now listen, and I quote, you moth-eaten Maury Amsterdam. Wait a minute! You wouldn't talk to me this way if we were back in New York. Listen, I don't know. You're not such hot stuff in Manhattan. What did you say? Manhattan. Okay, now I'll mix another martini for myself. <laughs> I don't care what you say, Bob Hope. I'm going to get myself a television show. Oh, let's stop this bickering. Yeah. Take it easy, boys. And I called you boys because I'm so loaded I can't see straight. <laughs> What is it, Seagram? Well, <laughs> that's good for a case. Go oh, ahead. Let's see if I can't iron this thing out so I can be fair to both of you. I like to be as square as possible. I think you've got a great start. <laughs> I've got a script here for a television show that we're getting ready to present to one of our sponsors. I think you could both do it together. Why don't you just run through it once? Okay. Okay. It's time now for another visit with the TV twins, Fred and Bob, and some more of their helpful hints to housewives. Oh, I am Fred. And I am Bob. To help help you housewives is our job. We've got shopping hints from all over town So pull up the Iceman and sit down (laughs) Well, here we are again, Robert That's right, Freddy, with our helpful hints that'll make a hit with every housewife Say, why don't you tell all of our viewers who our good sponsor is, Bob? Why don't I do that? Folks, this program is brought to you by the makers of Myron tablets Myron is what you take to gain back the weight you lost by taking Chiron And now we have a message to any woman watching this program who weighs over 300 pounds. Get away from in front of the television set and let the rest of the family see the screen. (laughs) Well, Bob, what's our first helpful hint today? Well, Fred, I'm just dying to tell the ladies the wonderful bathroom discovery we made. Well, tell them. As for me, I shall put a worm on my tongue and listen with bated breath. Well, this will be of special interest to people who slip around when they take a bath. There's something new in the market that'll put an end to all that slipping and falling. What is it? A stucco bathtub. (laughs) That's right. And each stucco tub comes with a year's supply of new skin. (laughs) And there's a special bonus for promptness in ordering. We have a gift for the first 50 women who place their orders. Tell them what the 50 women will receive, Bob. 50 men. (laughs) 
And now, girls, we'd like to show you a wonderful new way we found of preparing coffee. Say, incidentally, Bob, we'll be cooking this coffee on a Swanson and Gilbert stove. Oh, they're wonderful. With a Swanson and Gilbert, you don't have to open the door every five minutes and wonder how your roast is coming. There's uh, room inside the oven for a beach chair. <laughs> Get a Swanson and Gilbert and see how much better your roasts will turn out. And your beach chairs will be delicious, too. <laughs> you know, Freddie, right here, we ought to thank the housewives for all their fan mail. It's proving our show is one of the most popular on television. In fact, just... Ju Say, what was that? I wish that hop-along would stop taking shortcuts through our studio. <laughs> What's next, Fred? Well, we have a letter here from Mr. John Kelly of Pasadena, who is a housewife. <laughs> He wants us to send him a copy of our Household Hints booklet Well, tell him what to do, Fred It's very simple, John To get our booklet <laughs> Wife's other John To get our booklet Just address a penny postcard to our station And state your age and sex at the time of your last birthday <laughs> I see by the clock on the floor that our time... <laughs> That's where the producer is, too. <laughs> I see by the clock on the floor that our time to cuckoo is grounded, that our time is about up. He just slashed his wrist. Where's that? Oh, yes, right there. <laughs> oh, yes, but before we go, we have a hint for the mothers. If Junior is giving you a lot of trouble, don't be old-fashioned. Don't spank the child. Just let him lick the Mixmaster bowl while the motor is running. <laughs> Bob, I guess that's it <laughs> That's right, Fred That's all for now There is no more We'll, we'll be, be back, back next week with hints galore We're not worried if we are bad Cause, Cause Arthur Godfrey is our dad <laughs> the memory. Our congratulations to the Boy Scout members who, upon this date, all celebrate the 40 years it grew. And we thank you so much. And thanks for the memory of leaders everywhere who take the time to share the better things that scouting brings to youngsters in their care. And we thank you so much. Thank you very much, Fred Allen, for a fine show. Next week, we're going to have the sensation of Charlie Foy's Club, Don Hornsby, down there in Long Beach at the auditorium. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a great thrill to be in Washington, D.C. last week, and I want to thank Secretary of Air Stuart Symington for the consideration he showed us. Anytime Uncle Sam wants to pin an award on an outstanding American, there's his man. And what a thrill it was to take part in the ribbing that went on at the radio correspondent's dinner and to watch our president, the man with the world's toughest job, relax a few minutes and enjoy one of his rare privileges, a good show. And I really mean the world's toughest job. How'd you like to go down to the office in the morning and have a thing like the H-bomb staring you in the face and a couple of dozen telephones ringing? This one calling for new decisions in the Cold War and that one calling for a solution to the Cold Strike. Another one asking what to do about a threatened phone strike. 
Believe me, problems don't come any bigger than the problems Harry S. Truman is struggling with day and night. Whether we dig coal or fix telephones or tell jokes for a living, we've got to help them make the right decisions. And they can't just be right for us. They've got to be right for this nation. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations, WTIC, on their 25th anniversary. WTIC, happy birthday. Spry is a new spry, a better than ever spry. You'll be a better cook when you use spry. That's absolutely right. Spry and Aunt Jenny made me a better cook. I used to shudder every time I baked a pie because I never knew how it would turn out. But now, since I started using Aunt Jenny's can't-fail pastry method and new spry, I know I'll get the tenderest, flakiest pie crust every time. Mrs. Robert Lee Miller, 1525 Amherst Avenue, Los Angeles, California, said that. Aunt Jenny can make you a better cook, too. The next time you bake a pie, follow these two simple steps. One, use Aunt Jenny's can't-fail pastry method you'll find on spry labels and in spry ads. Two, Use new, better-than-ever spry. You'll always turn out pie crust that's tender, flaky, and digestible. Let Aunt Jenny make you a better cook. Tomorrow, get new, better-than-ever spry. Lever Brothers Company has brought you the Bob Hope Show from Hollywood, California. Fred Allen was born John Florence Sullivan in 1894. John Steinbeck called him unquestionably the best humorist of our time. He spent 10 years in vaudeville doing comedy before making it to Broadway. In the early 1930s, he began in radio, and that is where he really made his mark. He hosted variously named comedy variety shows until 1940, when his sponsor, Bristol Myers, insisted that the show be called The Fred Allen Show. For the decade of the 1940s, that show was a major staple of American radio. Fred Allen moved to TV in the 1950s, but he disliked it. And if you couldn't tell from, from the sketches in today's show, here's a quote from Fred Allen. You know, television is called a new medium, and I've discovered why they call it a medium, because nothing is well done. He also said that television allowed people who haven't anything to do to watch people who can't do anything. Well, we will get to the Fred Allen shows in uh, the future of this podcast. Uh, But for now, I hope you enjoyed listening to him today. Fred Allen died of a heart attack in 1956. He was only 61 Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Roman philosopher Lucretius, what is food to one is to others bitter poison.